Salutations, listeners. You are listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. Um, so first off, I'd like to thank Duke Voodoo for uh, having a, a virtual kind of takeover with his New Orleans Swamp session uh, music. That was kind of fun. A little bit different. <laughs> uh, but we do have some listeners who love some Nolens music. So we are definitely going to uh, give a shout out to Duke Voodoo there. But <clears throat> we are bringing to you, due to popular demand, a rainy day jazz volume two episode some of you publicly some of you privately have given me lots of compliments on this and it is truly something that is a wellspring i mean you could have tons of tracks right and everybody seemed to have either had a lot of rainy days here lately or they just love the music so regardless we are going to bring you 25 more tracks of that so um some of them uh, as stated before in the volume one are um, new spins. Others are must spins that I've spun before. Uh, but it definitely hits that vibe of, you know, the little pitter-patter of the raindrops on your roof or against your window pane. And it, it it's just, it's a vibe, you know? It's a feeling, right? It's that, that feeling of, like, the hazy night with the street light sort of thing, you know, or um, just like overcast skies. Either way, there's a a mood and a music that fits that scenery. And that is what we are actually trying to tap into for all of you. So, um, yeah, so all of you who reached out to me, love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. Don't forget, you can reach out to me, any of you, at any time. Uh, you can go to the website, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com, and write me. Or you can find me on Twitter, or you can write on SoundCloud. So, without further ado, enough talking from me. Thank you for listening. Let's get to Rainy Day Jazz Volume 2. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. We both are lost and alone in the world Walk with me In the gentle rain Don't be afraid Have a hand for your hand And I will tears as they fall on my cheek they are Very sweet. 
Largo Just watching the shore To find you once more To find you once more To find you once more To find you once more
<laughs> All right. So that is Blues by the great Wynton Marsalis from his album Black Coats from the Underground. And of course, it's part of the spotlight of what we're doing on this episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, which is Rainy Day Jazz Volume 2. Yeah, you could say that we've been showered with compliments from the first one. See what it did there? Yeah. Bad jokes are not banished from the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Um, so yeah, I love also the echo, uh, getting back to the track, the echo at the end of of that track it it just sounds like like the rain clouds are actually starting to go away you know what i mean like i don't know there's a vibe to it man so uh yeah that's a, that's a hip track you know and uh before that we heard from the great benny carter um yeah benny carter let's talk about benny carter for a minute right because benny carter is one of those cats that do not and i mean do not get enough attention this dude was a major band leader in the 1930s. Not only was he a major band leader, he preceded Ornette Coleman and that he was one of those dudes that played alto sax and the trumpet. Can we talk about that just a minute? Like, they're completely different. For those of you who don't play musical instrument, they're like, yeah, he must have musical ability. No, it's different than like learning kind of piano and then playing saxophone, right? This is trumpet and saxophone, two completely different families in music. Like one's a woodwind family that uses a reed, and the other is a brass family that uses like a buzz mouthpiece sort of thing. Completely different. But Benny is truly that blessed, gifted, whatever you want to call it, that he was able to improvise and have that ability on both. On top of being an incredible composer, an incredible arranger, and an incredible band leader. So, I mean, this is one of the dudes that was going over to Europe and jamming with Django Reinhardt before Django was Django. You know, this dude had the foresight to know, like, hey, this cat can play guitar. Benny Carter, man. Not to mention, and, and that's just his early stuff going all the way through to, like, right before his passing. In his, like, 90s, I want to say, he was sitting there making records with Phil Woods. You know, there's a great record, My Man B Benny, My Man Phil. And, God, they're both just killing it, man. And, I mean, this is a dude that's played with everybody. Oscar Peterson, Django Reinhardt, Phil Woods. I mean, it's endless. So, Benny Carter should be much more of a household name in, in, in jazz discussions. Um than what he is. So, Benny Carter, man. Long live Benny Carter. Like, you know, that's one of the dudes like Ben Webster. You know, you, you, these cats' needs, names need to be thrown out there a whole lot more. You know, I got a, I got a laundry list of them. You could go right down the list. You go Benny Carter, Ben Webster, Oscar Pettiford, you know, uh, Art Taylor. You know what I mean? And I've preached Art Taylor's name for forever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of these cats. Philly Joe Jones. Some people put Philly Joe Jones and they say like, oh yeah, you know, all the stuff you do with Miles, you know, but he's so much more than that, right? So, um, anyway, Soapbox ended, Benny Carter, incredible, and he actually wrote that song that we heard, Key Largo, way back in the day, and it features the great vocalist, uh, Carmen Bradford, and it comes from his album Songbook, there's like two volumes, Songbook and Songbook Volume 2, and they're both great, they're all Benny Carter songs, um, 
with different guest artists, you know, for, for the tracks and stuff. And it's just incredible. So if you get a chance to check out more Benny Carter, please do so. Um, before that, we heard the sound. That's right. Mr. Stan Getz himself with one of my favorite tunes, Nature Boy. And it comes off the um, Stan Getz Cool Velvet and Strings album on Verve Records. Uh, yeah, man, Stan Getz, you know, there's a great story uh, I always love to talk about with Stan Getz and John Coltrane. And Stan Getz is like, man, Coltrane, God, I wish I could play changes like that. Like, how, I, how does he think like that? And then the compliment was returned because John Coltrane said, like, yeah, man, no, that guy, Stan Getz, he's got the sound. He goes, I'd play like that every day if I could sound like that. So there was a lot of mutual admiration there, you know, and you think about it, John Coltrane, who was, you know, he had a very f- aggressive tenor style, um, longed to sound like Stan Getz, and Stan Getz longed to, you know, play through the, the harmonic changes that, that Coltrane did, you know. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Mutual admiration society, if you will. Uh, and then, before that, we heard one of my favorite tracks. Uh, it's called Audrey. And it is by the Dave Brubeck Quartet uh, featuring Paul Desmond. Uh, but there was a cool uh, backstory about this. Now, um, Paul Desmond has always said that his alto saxophone tone was like a dry martini, you know, that sort of thing. And it's no shock, you know, it's been well documented that Paul Desmond had a thing, uh, not a fling, but a thing. Uh, if you want to say, like, um, he greatly admired, you know, Audrey Hepburn. Um, and there was a cool story that came out in the New Yorker in like a comic book sort of thing. And I wanted to, and by cur- courtesy of Doug Ramsey, and I wanted to share that with you because I think it's a very sweet story. Bittersweet, but s- sweet. So it was the spring of 1954, and Audrey Hepburn was starring in Ondine, um, which was this play at the 46th Street Theater with Mel Ferrer, in which she was like an underwater nymph or something like that. Um, but the Dave Brubeck Quartet was playing at Basin Street, which is, you know, the famous nightclub where, like, Clifford Brown and, like, Max Roach and all of them played, um, a few blocks away. Just a few blocks away. So every night, Paul Desmond would ask Brubeck to call an intermission at the exact same time. Now, that's odd, but here's why. Paul would duck out of the club, and he'd cut across Times Square, and he'd stand in an alley smoking his cigarette just to watch Audrey Hepburn walk out of the stage door, sign a few autographs, and climb into her limo. Night after night after night after night after night. And so this woman, even though she was super-duper famous, Paul Desmond was completely enamored with which, I mean, I totally get. I mean, Audrey's Audrey, you know. But later that year, Paul Desmond wrote a song called Audrey, which we just heard, second song in the set. And that appeared on the uh, Columbia Records album, 
Brubeck time. Well, it's also on Interchanges 54, which is where I, I, I play that one off of. But <clears throat> fast forward a couple years, um, you know, that was 1954. So fast forward a couple years to 1977. Paul Desmond uh, passed away from lung cancer, and unfortunately he was single. He never had a wife. Um, so, And he never knew whether Audrey Hepburn had actually heard the song that he had wrote specifically for her. So he died without even knowing for this woman that he was completely enamored with. And fast forward a few more years. When Audrey Hepburn passed away in 1993, so this is a story that's spanning almost 40 years from 1954 to 1993, right? 40 years, yeah. Um, so when she passed away in 1993, her ex-husband, Andrea Dotti, called Dave Brubeck to ask if the Dave Brubeck Quartet would play Audrey, the Paul Desmond song, at her memorial service at the United Nations headquarters. Crazy, right? This took Brubeck completely by surprise because, of course, Dave knew what was up and, you know, in this admiration, this and just Paul being enamored with Audrey Hepburn. And so he responded back to Andrea Doty and he said, yeah, but I, I had no idea you'd be aware of even the song, Audrey. And he said, my wife, Audrey Hepburn, listened to that song every night before she went to bed. Now that's a really cool story. And if you want more cool stories like that, check out the book Take 5, The Public and Private Lives of Paul Desmond by Doug Ramsey. Super, super cool. You know. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to share that story with, with all y'all. But um, Paul Desmond is most notably known as the guy who wrote Take 5 for the Dave Brubeck Quartet. So lots of cool, cool jazz with Paul Desmond. Uh, yeah, and then I can't forget the song that we started off the whole set with, The Gentle Rain by Astrud Gilberto. That's right. You may know Astrude better by her vocals on The Girl from Ipanema, Corcovado, or um, any of the other Bossa Nova songs on Getz Gilberto. But this is just an album under her own name, The Shadow of Your Smile, and we heard The Gentle Rain, which is a perfectly fitting song to start out our Rainy Day Jazz Volume 2 here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Now remember, you can find... The Dr. Jazz Podcast, wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. Uh, you can also, if you are trying to jot down names and albums and all that, there's no need. We've got all that info for you uh, per each episode. So, and you just got to go to our website, and that's Dr. Jazz Podcast. D R J A Z Z Podcast. No spaces. Dot WordPress. Dot com and you can follow us on Twitter at NDH Jazz. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have uh, you know any kind of positive reviews, likes, etc. 
Remember, we're not doing this for any kind of financial compensation whatsoever. We are strictly, we're not, I mean, we've been approached by a few people to do ads, but we're not doing that because basically we're not in this for money. We're in this to spread the good word of jazz music and all that it can offer and its healing qualities. So that's what we're all about. We're not about, you know, the money. We're about the music. So hopefully everybody digs it and gets something special from this, you know. Um, and we'd love to hear from you if you got any other show ideas or if you just really love something, you know, thank you for everybody who has responded publicly and privately. We do appreciate it really. Um, so with that being said, let's get to another great set. We got five great tracks coming at you and we're going to start out with the great Paul Gonzalez. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
what a doozy of a set. Yeah, we got four major tenor titans. And then we had a trumpet feature in the middle there. So, yeah, man. All right, so let's let's dissect this and take it apart. Breaks down like this. So this last track you heard was, you may have heard in commercials, you may have heard in TV shows, but it is truly one of the best collaborations in all of jazz history. We are talking, the track is In a Sentimental Mood, written by the great Duke Ellington, and he is on the piano alongside the great John Coltrane on the tenor saxophone, along with... Uh, Aaron Bell on bass and Elvin Jones swelling those drums for us. Before that, Max Roach, Doug Watkins, Tommy Flanagan, and the great Sonny Rollins with You Don't Know What Love Is, the jazz standard. And that comes from his 1956 landmark album, saxophone colossus it's the same one that has saint thomas and strode road and it's just it's one of the most fantastic things in all of jazz so now as i said those are the two tenor masters right sandwiched in between all of these is a trumpet player extraordinaire lee morgan we heard the track the lady Written by Rudy Stevenson. Strangely, not written by anybody in the band. And it comes from Rudy. Um, it comes from Lee Morgan's uh, 1965 Blue Note Date, The Rump Roller, which also features the great Billy Higgins on drums, Victor Sproles on bass, Ronnie Matthews, who that dude is funky. That's somebody who is one of those side players that never, ever, ever gets enough credit. Like... Ronnie Matthews is on piano here. Ronnie Matthews has some of his own albums like uh, Legacy and Roots, Dan- uh, Roots, Branches, and Dances. And uh, just the other day, I was checking out a Johnny Griffin live at the Village Vanguard DVD. And wouldn't you know who in the hell is on the piano? Ronnie Matthews. So Ronnie Matthews is in a lot of places, you know. Don't let him get ignored. Um, yeah, so this is uh, this this was a beautiful ballad here called "The Lady," and what I really really um, really enjoy about it was the 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 trumpet cadenza at the end. Um, the lady was actually written uh, in by Rudy Stevenson in memory of the great Billy Holiday. Hence, Lady for Lady Day, right? Um, Stevenson has Rudy Stevenson has written material for Mel, Mel Torme, Wenton Kelly, and Nina Simone, among others. Um, he worked with Nina Simone, playing guitar, alto sax, and flute. Yeah. Man. Great stuff, great stuff. So, I'm glad that Lee chose to, um, you know feature a Rudy Stevenson song there because it's a beautiful highlight of the whole album. Um, but yeah, uh, Victor Sproul's on bass, Ronnie Matthews on piano, Joe Henderson, uh, another tenor titan on the tenor saxophone, and Lee, of course Lee Morgan on the trumpet. Now, 
we had two more tenor features to start out the set. Uh, before Lee Morgan, we heard from the one and only Cat in the Hat with the coolest voice and all that. Talking about Joe Lovano. Yeah, baby. Joe Lovano. You know, I could literally listen to Joe Lovano read the phone book. He'd be like, <laughs> he'd be like Bartholomew Abbott. Area code 216-555-4820. You know, I mean, like, it just, it'd be the coolest thing, you know? Um, yeah, so I, I think that there needs to be a, a new Muppet or Sesame Street character that talks exactly like Joe Lovano. It doesn't need to look like Dr. Teeth or anybody like that, you know what I mean, from the Electric Mayhem, but I don't know, like, I don't know, Grover's, like, bizarro you know like friend or whatever like you know groover instead of grover and he'd be like hi i'm groover what's happening big bird you know that would be awesome right so anyway all joking aside joe lovano is a tenor titan he is one of the coolest dudes on the planet i've actually met him uh talked to him live at a gig and uh we talked to like about ornette and and shit man and it was just so cool um yeah, I have a buddy who's actually like went to school with him, and he saw him live a whole lot more than than I have, uh, and he can attest that Joe's a pretty cool guy. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and he's got a new album out with Dave Douglas, Other Worlds, celebrating the music of Wayne Shorter. So, I mean, dude's busy. He's also got like three new albums out on like ECM Records uh, with Marilyn Crispell. And he's, uh, God, he's done some stuff with the Marcin Vasilevsky trio, um, like Arctic Riff or something like that. And he's doing all this stuff with, with Dave Douglas. So, I mean, dude's busy and he's doing some great things. And he is entrenched in a lot of the the historical people all throughout jazz, whether it's Charlie Hayden, Carla Blay, Dave Douglas, John Schofield. I mean, he's there, man. So, you know, all joking aside, Lovano, he's one of the living legends. He really is. So, props to Joe. Now, we started off the set with one of my favorite tenor players, um, Paul Gonzalez. You know what I mean? If you've heard any Ellington uh, worth your salt, you know live at Newport, the 26 choruses of Diminuendo and Crescendo and Blue Paul Gonzalez single-handedly took that solo and brought the Ellington band back into prominence in which he was featured in Time Magazine on the cover and everything else. So Paul Gonzalez, you know, he, he can blow and honk with the best of them, but he's also a master balladeer, and that's something that I don't think gets enough attention. So uh, there's some beautiful ballads he did with Ellington, like, uh, what is it? Great Reunion, I think is the name of it, from, I think, the Newport 58 concert, and just overall anything, you know, that that's a ballad featured with Ellington. But this is his own album, and it's on Impulse, and it's called Tell It The Way That It Is, and we heard the, the standard of standards, body and soul. Yeah, the same body and soul that Coleman Hawkins have covered and everybody who's a saxophone player has covered. But Gonzalez has this beautiful quality that's very breathy. It's just as breathy as um, Ben Webster 
or what Coleman Hawkins can be, but then he's taken some harmonic chances. I don't know if you need to go back and re-listen to that very first track of the last set, but there's some major, major cool stuff happening there, harmonically speaking, and that's really a testament to the way that Gonzalez's mind thinks. So, yeah, and um, man, talk about personnel, dude. Paul Gonzalez on the tenor saxophone, Johnny Hodges... Um, is on this record. Rolf Erickson is on trumpet on this record. Ray Nance is on cornet and violin on this record. Walter Bishop Jr., Eddie Shepard, O.C. Johnson, 1963, Impulse. Yeah, man. Killer, 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 killer stuff. So don't sleep on Paul Gonzalez. By all means, a, a very great artist. And all of this is... Wonderful examples of what we're spotlighting today on the Dr. Jazz Podcast, which is Rainy Day Jazz Volume 2. It's a rainy day where I'm at, and I figured, like, hey, this is a great day to pull this off because so many people were asking for this and, you know, giving kudos over the last one. So I don't know if we're going to have another one so quick, but um, at least this gives you two volumes to, you know, hit back to back. Um when you are listening for some rainy day jazz. So, um, yeah, there's just, and I apologize for all the, the banter in between, but there's just a lot of cool stories to talk about with some of these, these artists. So, um, yeah. So with that being said, enough talking from me, let's get back to some more great rainy day jazz. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz podcast.
Hope my attitude won't bother you. But the day was long, and my mood is blue. I couldn't think where else to go. I just dropped by. To say hello, nothing special that I want to say. I just came to pass the time of day. I've told my heart it mustn't show. I just dropped by to say hello. I've forgotten just how sweet our love was. Except now and then. Memories fall just like the rain, and I remember when. Well, don't let me bore you anymore. I'm not quite as lonely as I was before. I didn't want a thing, you know. 
I just dropped by to say hello. as lonely as I was before I didn't want a thing you know I just dropped by to say
sheer beauty. Mm. Miles Davis with I Thought About You, the great Jimmy Van Heusen standard, classic, whatever you want to call it. It's a timeless tune, and it's in good hands with Miles Davis, Wynton Kelly, and Hank Mobley. Oh, my God, beauty, pure beauty. Uh, comes from Miles Davis's Columbia album, Someday My Prince Will Come, a gorgeous piano intro by the great Wynton Kelly. And Miles has that signature Harmon mute in and that sound. You know, I, I believe somebody said at some point in the Ken Burns documentary, it sounds like when you listen to Miles play with that Harmon mute, it sounds like you're eavesdropping in on a very intimate conversation between two people. And I would agree that every one of us as listeners are probably that person eavesdropping on Miles and his mute. So there you go. Um, or Miles and the music. You know. And anyway, Hank Mobley's solo is just gorgeous. Ira Gittler called it uh, bop and slow-mo. <laughs> slow motion uh and i agree it's uh, it's great solo and the more older i get i keep coming back to this album someday my prince will come it's got that it's got old folks which is the tune i said in an earlier podcast that um made me absolutely fall in love with miles's harmony sound um it's got francing which is a great blues also known as no blues uh, I Thought About You, which we just heard, and Tio, which is a great kind of Spanish tune that harkens back to the the vibe of Sketches of Spain, and then you've got Coltrane on it that it's, it's like two months before he, he records Olay, you know. So it's just, everything's incredible on this album. Um, yeah, and I keep coming back to it the older I get. It's really aging very well, like a very fine one. So, um, yeah, man, great, great stuff. Uh, before that, we heard uh, what I would love to call the epitome of a rainy day song. The Silence of a Candle uh, by Ralph Towner on uh, piano, but he's on so much more. Um, he's playing 12-string and classical guitar, piano and gongs all throughout this entire album. So it's like a solo album. But it's on ECM from 1974, recorded in April of 73, uh, released in 74. Um, it's an album by Ralph Towner called Diary, and even the cover just looks like an overcast cloud at, at, on the sea. Um, but you get such crystal clarity with the sound of any... ECM recording. That's what's so great. So, and if if you're not really uh, sure of Ralph Towner, maybe you've heard him in a different uh, musical context. If you've ever heard the group Oregon uh, with um, Paul McCandless and um, some what is it, Colin Walcott, I believe. Uh, then then yeah, then you've heard Ralph Towner. Um, Ralph Towner's also played with Jan Garbarek. Um, he's also done some great duo guitar work with John Abercrombie, Sargasso C. Um, 
Yeah, and 12 years later. So anyway, Ralph Towner is a is a wonderful composer. Uh, he's still kicking. You know, he's still making recordings, So and, and they're gorgeous. It's very thought-provoking music, and you should check out some Ralph Towner if you have not. So he's also got a great duo album with uh, vibraphonist Gary Burton called Matchbook. I've got it on LP and on CD. It's that important to me, and it's just beautiful music. Um, and he's written some great songs. Like all of these songs on this album are composed by Ralph Towner, including The Silence of the Candle, which we heard. Um, Icarus is another great one. Um, Drifting Petals. So many great songs that he's, he's written. So you should totally check out some Ralph Tanner. Gonna leave it there. Before that, we heard one of my all-time favorite vocalists. You know, and, and when people say all-time favorite vocalists, like you, you, I don't know if you do this, but I do this. You automatically assume that it's probably like, okay, Sinatra, Torme, Billy Holiday, you know, whatever. And then every once in a while, they'll throw out a name and you're like, ooh, all right. Ah, way to go, you know. Like, you know, one of my favorite vocalists is Joe Williams. Love Joe Williams. Um, and everybody's like, really? You know, I'm like, yep, love me some Joe Williams. Um, but this is that we heard in the middle of the set is one of my really favorite vocalists. And it's Johnny Hartman. And my first introduction to Johnny Hartman, um, like many jazz fans probably, was the John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman album together, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, but it really s- steered me down a road to check out more Johnny Hartman on his own. And, man, Impulse Records really knocked it out of the park with um, this album, which is the title song that we heard in the middle of the set. I just dropped by to say hello. And... We heard Elvin Jones on drums, his brother Hank, Hank Jones, on piano, um, Milt Hinton on the bass, the judge himself, and um, Johnny Hartman on vocals. But this album is chocked full of great songs. How Sweet It Is to Be in Love, Stairway to the Stars, uh, Kiss and Run, Don't You Know I Care, written by Duke Ellington, A Sleepin' Bee, uh, in the wee small hours of the morning, and Henry Mancini's theme to Charade. And throughout the rest of the album, Kenny Burrell is on guitar, Jim Hall is on guitar and other tracks, and the great Illinois Jacquet is on tenor saxophone. So, I don't know, it's just an incredible album from start to finish. It's one of my favorites, and I think you should check out some more Johnny Hartman, because he's got a voice like if you dig Nat King Cole and that kind of velvet voice or that kind of smoothness, right? You'll love Johnny Hartman, no doubt about it. So the track before I just dropped by to say hello was "Hello Bellinas," which was a piano solo by the great Bill Evans. And what's strange about this is that this is on a Bill Evans trio album with Marty Morell on drums and Eddie Gomez on bass. But this particular song from the album The Tokyo Concert, which is one of my first and favorite Bill Evans albums, um, is a solo piano piece. And it's a Steve Swallow composition. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Steve Swallow, but if you aren't, oh my God, talk about major composer. Steve Swallow wrote Eider Down 
Um, he wrote Hello Bellinus that we just heard on the solo piano. He is responsible for so many cool tunes. Uh, he's played with Jimmy Jufri and Paul Blay. He's played with um, John Schofield, who's got a whole album called Swallow Tales, which is all Steve Swallow songs. He's played and, and collaborated extensively uh, with Carla Blay. Um, he's played with, he was the uh, bass player, I believe, on many of the Art Farmer Jim Hall uh, tracks. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think that Steve Swallow is like incredible. He really is. He's also, uh, there's two things I recently read about Steve Swallow that you should check out. Uh, his thoughts with, um, for recording the album Basra by Pete LaRocca, which is his only Blue Note Records album, Pete LaRocca's, with Joe Henderson on the tenor and Steve Kuhn on the piano, and them recording for Rudy Van Gelder and how Steve Kuhn reached up and like strummed the strings inside the piano, and because Rudy Van Gelder was such a, a germaphobe, he ran out of the studio, he cut the track off, he ran out of the, the booth, and he said, if you touch those strings again, you know, you're never recording this recording studio ever again. So it's like, woo. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's some great stories uh, about uh, Steve recalling Pete LaRocca that you should check out. And then there's also a great podcast, because, you know, I, I just don't make them. I listen to them as well, uh, talking about the history of the real book. So that's really interesting. And um, basically, they, they interviewed Steve about how he was the one who was just started teaching at the Berkeley College of Music. And he's kind of the one that put the wheels in motion for the real book that we all jazz players use uh, at gigs and learn tunes from, etc. So it's an interesting history. So that little bit about Steve Swallow for you. Um, he's a fantastic composer and he's a living legend on the bass. Um, but he wrote this tune, Hello Bellinus, for, you know, out and put it out there. And strangely, this is an unusual selection for Bill Evans to uh, put as part of his repertoire. But I think after recording, and it only clocks in under four minutes, but after recording this, what I would say, definitive version of it, um, yeah, I think that it, it's worth saying that, you know, uh, this kind of set the bar for, you know, this tune getting covered over and over again. So, um, Hello Bellinus in one of its most beautiful forms by the great Bill Evans. And then we started off the set with Art Farmer and a tune called Kristallin Denfina, The Fine Crystal. And it comes from the album To Sweden With Love, the Art Farmer Quartet featuring Jim Hall. And sure enough, I'm looking at it back here. Looky here. Art Farmer on the flugelhorn, and God, isn't it beautiful flugelhorn work. I mean, just so melancholy sounding. Beautiful. Jim Hall on guitar, haha. Steve Swallow on the bass, and Pete LaRocca on the drums. The two folks I was just talking about. What do you know? Serendipity. Anyway, this whole album is really just stellar. Uh, it's a bunch of of songs um, in that are like Swedish folk songs, but they've 
converted them and arranged them into jazz tunes. And it's it's really a special album. I mean, it, it's not like any other jazz album you'll ever hear. But it's incredible. So I highly, 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 highly um, advise you to check out that entire album. You will not be disappointed. Um, that being said, Art Farmer is one of the great, great trumpet players. Uh, I mean, if you're going to try to fill in the shoes of Chet Baker from the Jerry Mulligan Quartet, you better be pretty damn good. And Art Farmer more than made up um, for that kind of lyricism and uh, blending ability with Jerry Mulligan after Chet Baker left. So there's that. He's a leader in his own right. Um, he's collaborated with Donald Byrd and many, many others, and he's just a living legend. Well, he was a living legend at that point in time. So, um, yeah, by the time he made this album with Jim Hall. so And that is one of the best collaborations in, in jazz history, too, is Art Farmer with Jim Hall. Now, another collaboration that Art Farmer was a part of that was pretty serious was the Jazz Tet, in which him and Benny Golson got together, and that's where they covered song, uh, many uh, uh, Benny Golson songs like uh, Killer Joe, Whisper Not, um, I remember Clifford for Clifford Brown after his untimely passing. And, uh, yeah, and what better horn to, to state those melodies on the trumpet than Art Farmer if you've written these gorgeous tunes by Benny Golson. So, um, yeah, so Art Farmer, he is truly... Uh, placed in a lot of important parts in jazz history. So you should definitely check out some Art Farmer. And hopefully you enjoyed uh, the fine crystal to start off that set. So remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. Um, don't forget to check out our website for each one of the tracks, artists, album art, so you know exactly what to look for if you're going to order or go to your local record store and support them in order to find these great jazz tracks. Remember, that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at N-D-H Jazz. That way you know when each new episode of the podcast drops and you can stay up to date with our witty banter, etc. Um, past that point, we would love to hear from you and we would love any likes, reviews, etc. Remember, we're not doing this for any kind of financial gain. It is just we're not making any money off this. In fact, we pay SoundCloud a subscription every month. Um, but we believe in this and we believe in bringing good music to you. So please check it out and pass it along to your friends. Enough from me. Let's get to another great set of Rainy Day Jazz, Volume 2, here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
Thank you.
Thank you.
gorgeous. Gorgeous. Perfect rainy day music. That's Taraya and Ramakrishna. Composed by the great Alice Coltrane. Shout out to Brad Farberman there. It's Alice Coltrane. He's going to, you know, he is the living expert, right? Uh, this comes from the 1970 album Ta the El Daoud, and I could be butchering that, so I apologize. But uh, this is a fantastic album that has Alice Coltrane on the piano and the harp, uh, the great Pharaoh Sanders on tenor saxophone, alto flute, and bells, which we heard him on the bells there. Uh, Joe Henderson's also on this album on tenor saxophone and alto flute, although he was absent from that track. Uh, ben Riley on the drums and the great Ron Carter on bass with a killer solo on that track right there. Um, you just feel the bass all throughout, you know, just incredible music. Uh, that is one of my favorite Alice Coltrane tracks. I know it's not Brad's favorite track, which is Journey in Skeet and Anda, but um, nonetheless, any Alice Coltrane is great. Great, 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 great music. So hopefully that uh, you know fulfills some of your need for rainy day jazz. Before that, we heard from one of my favorite trumpet players in all of jazz, the great Freddie Hubbard. We heard Echoes of Blue from his album Backlash on Atlantic Jazz. And it features Freddie Hubbard on trumpet and flugelhorn, the great James Spaulding on flute and alto sax, Albert Daly on the piano, there's some great Albert Daly tracks, especially uh, there's a duo album with Albert Daly and Stan Getz. I think it's called Poetry, but it's incredible. So you should check out some more Albert Daly. Bob Cunningham on the bass. Otis Ray Appleton on the drums. What a name. <clears throat> and the great percussionist Ray Barreto. Yeah. You know, even though he's a salsa legend in his own right, uh, Ray Barreto is a conguera who, conguero, who is on this album with Freddie Hubbard. He's also on Midnight Blue with Kenny Burrell. Uh, I believe he's also on some of those Kenny Dorham things, too. So, yeah, but Ray Barreto and... Um, what is it, um, Patato Valdez, Sabu, some of those early dudes, man, they really added a lot of flavor to those Blue Note and Atlantic tracks, you know, so, yeah, man, and Candido, there's another one, Candido, yeah, the, the, man, he's everywhere too, so, anyway, I'm just thinking, uh, there's lots of great congueros that added in that little extra, beat, you know, and it really made things come alive. Uh, but yeah, Echoes of Blue, Freddie Hubbard off the album Backlash. Before that, we heard one of my favorite tracks, and you know, that's the thing, is you can't sleep on some of these big band leaders that, and what they did after the heyday of the big band era. Uh, but we heard, in the middle of that set, Artie Shaw. And you're like, say what? Yep. Artie Shaw, the great Artie Shaw. And we heard, Don't Take Your Love From Me. Now, this is one of those tunes that you may have heard Coleman Hawkins cover or other people like that, but 
This is a very special version because it comes from the final sessions of Artie Shaw before he just up and retired. You know, uh, it was recorded in March 1954, and it features. Irv Kluger on the drums, the great vibraphonist Joe Rowland, Tommy Potter on the bass, Tal Farlow on the guitar. How cool is that? You don't hear Tal Farlow in many groups, you know. Hank Jones, again, on the piano, and, of course, Artie Shaw on the clarinet. And what's really special about this version of Don't Take Your Love From Me, besides the fact that it's one of the few last recordings uh, that Artie Shaw made in a combo format, not a big band format. <clears throat> but what's really cool is you can actually hear the keys clicking down. He's playing so, so, so soft and so close to the microphone that you can literally hear the pads clicking from his clarinet as he presses down each key. Now, if that's not intimate music... I don't know what is. Because it's like he was literally saying, don't take your love from me. You wouldn't shout that. That's something that you would say quietly in desperation. And that track is gorgeous for that quality. (coughs) So I hope you enjoyed that one. Before that, we heard a very cool piece uh, that usually gets overlooked by all the other great pieces on this album. Uh, We heard the tune Time as the second track in that set, and it was written by pianist Richie Powell. And if you're like going, who? What? Huh? You've heard this album, probably. It's Clifford Brown and Max Roach at Basin Street. And you're like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one with I Remember April and What Is This Thing Called Love. Yes. But there's a lot of other great stuff going on there, too. So, of course, Clifford Brown is magnificent on the trumpet. Max Roach is killing it on the drums. There's the tenor saxophone player you may have heard of called Sonny Rollins. George Moore is on the bass. And, of course, Richie Powell's on the piano. February 1956, New York City Basin Street Club. The same one that we were just talking about with Dave Brubeck for the Audrey track. Um, but <clears throat> this piece called Time is gorgeous um, because it's got an incredible um, solo by Richie Powell. And it's cool because he's also playing the celeste, which you don't hear a lot of, more or less live, you know. But... Uh, Richie Powell is such a great and unsung composer. Here you go. That they said in the liner notes of this album that it took Clifford and Max and Sonny many takes to actually get Powell's compositions performed correctly. Now, I don't know what you know your knowledge about Clifford Brown is, <clears throat> or Sonny Rollins, or Max Roach, but these guys were pyrotechnic masters of their instruments. I mean, Clifford Brown was the extension of Charlie Parker. Max Roach was there for everything. You know. And Sonny Rollins is incredible with an an immense amount of technique. So, 
it, it says a lot about Richie Powell's compositions that it took those cats multiple takes to actually get it right. Just putting that out there. So, um, there are three Powell originals. Powell's Prances, Time, and Gertrude's Bounce. All on this album. <clears throat> and, um... Yeah, so we should all actually check out some more Richie Powell. Myself included, you know. But uh, that certainly piqued my interest. But they said that he wrote this tune that we heard, Time, for <clears throat> a dedication to basically a man sitting in jail and wondering just how long would it be before he got out. So that being said, it's got a different take and a different perspective But for what we're doing, which is spotlighting what would be rainy day jazz, (coughs) I guess that that would, um, that kind of works. Because if you're sitting there in jail, then you're probably just watching the rainfall, you know, and wondering when you're going to get out. So that contemplative state of mind and, you know, watching the rainfall, which is kind of going along with what we're doing here. We're spotlighting music that could be rainy day jazz on the Dr. Jazz podcast. And um, we're hoping you're enjoying it. And we started off that set with uh, a great tune composed by the great bassist Dave Holland called Dream of the Elders. (coughs) And it comes from the ECM album of the exact same name from 1996, and it features Gene Jackson on the drums, Eric Person on alto and soprano saxophones, the great Steve Nelson on vibraphone and marimba, and Dave Holland on bass and um, c- composing all these tunes. It's a great, great, great album. <clears throat> and in fact, there's even a track called Equality uh, with a poem by Maya Angelou sung by the great Cassandra Wilson on this album. So it's incredible music. If you haven't checked out much Dave Holland, um, that's a good one because the vibraphone and the marimba add a nice rainy-like quality to it. You know, so. Well, listen, we've got one more set coming at you for our Rainy Day Jazz Volume 2. There are some surprises in this last set, you know, so, be fair warned. But we hope that it, it definitely stays true to our mission of giving you some great rainy day jazz. Remember, you can check out our website that's got all of our track info, all of the album art, etc. Right? So you don't have to jot stuff down. It's already done for you. And it's organized by each month and with each specific episode. So no matter what episode you're listening to, and hopefully you're listening to a lot, you can find out all the info you need. That website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. Just go on over, take a click, take a look. You can also reach out to us that way if you'd like as well. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at N-D-H Jazz to know when each new episode of the podcast drops, plus follow along with our witty banter uh, with other jazz heads out there. <clears throat> on top of that, 
Uh, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. Remember, we're not making any money on this. We're simply just promoting great jazz music. So please share with your friends and, um, yeah, drop us a comment if you'd like or a review. That's always helpful, you know. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, enough PSA. Let's get to our last set of Rainy Day Jazz Volume 2 here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thanks for listening.
went down to St. James Infirmary And I heard my baby groan I was so
So that closes out the show. We started off that set with a great tune with even the little rain sound effect called La Femme d'Argent. And (laughs) if that sounds French, you are correct. Ding, ding, ding. It is from Air, the French band. And they always have to put French band in parentheses because not to confuse it with the group Air with Henry Threadgill. Who's a great group, too. <laughs> you know? um, by the way, Henry Threadgill is being honored with uh, a Jazz Masters status. Congratulations to Henry Threadgill. Finally, some kudos for that dude. Um, <clears throat> but that's not the air that we heard. We heard the French band air. Um, and La Femme d'Argent is the opening track for their 1998 album Moon Safari. Uh, Some great trombone work, some great uh, synthesizers and all sorts of stuff in that band. It kind of blurs the line between kind of like synth pop and jazz at that point in time. You know, 1998, the late 90s, early 2000s were kind of of a blurred period, you know, for what would be considered jazz extended fusion and you know, pop, so uh, but a lot of great stuff going on in that album. So, Moon Safari. Don't forget to check that one out. Right after that, we heard uh, guitarist Mark Rebo, who I love dearly. His sound, oh my God, so cool. Um, and bassist Greg Cohen, who I love his timing. It's just, it's very earthy, and it's very right where the beat needs to be. And uh, we heard the track Maskill with that phaser guitar and the upright bass. Um, and it comes from John Zorn's Bar Kokhba album. And uh, it, it's a fascinating album. You know, those of you who, and I, I always say this, <clears throat> those of you who think that John Zorn is only a noisemaker, you are completely wrong because the man can really write some gorgeous melodies. And that is a case in point. You know, so beautiful. And it comes from his Masada Songbook, Volume 1. Um, yeah, just great, 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 great music there. Um, courtesy of John Zorn. After that, we heard from one of my favorite albums. Uh, it's it's so good. It's uh, Sonny Sherrick. And we heard the track, and I've played this one before on a, on a podcast, Who Does She Hope to Be? And it comes from Sonny Sherrick's album, Ask the Ages, 1991 Island Records. And it features, of course, Sonny Sherrick on the electric guitar, uh, Charnette Moffat on the acoustic bass, Elvin Jones on the drums, and the great Pharaoh Sanders on the tenor and soprano saxophone. Uh, it was produced by Sonny Sherrick and the great Bill Laswell. You can't go wrong with that. You know what I mean? And uh, this is a great time to give a shout out to Pharaoh Sanders. There's a great new album out there by Pharaoh and Floating Points with the London Symphony Orchestra called Promises. Um, 
it's one of the most relaxing, like trance-like meditative albums I've ever heard in my entire life. So highly check that out. Uh, after that, we heard from one of my favorite vocalists, Jeter Davis, with St. James Infirmary from his album Lost Soul. It's my second favorite, right up next to Louis Armstrong, which you're hearing behind us. And then we heard from Roy Hargrove and the RH Factor from their album Hard Groove. We heard the Funkadelic Parliament Classic, I'll Stay, featuring D'Angelo on the vocals. So, take that. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're having a wonderful rainy day and digging these tunes. We do love you madly. Thank you for listening. And as we always like to close and say, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.